Hi, I'm Simon Rushton and this is Taxi Chronicles podcast. On this podcast, we spontaneously interview unsuspecting passengers with their permission, allowing them to share their intimate life stories and concerns. As our slogan states, real riders, real stories. Some riders prefer to be anonymous, while others ask me to tell their story later on. Either way, there are all genuine 5 to 10 minutes stories. So sit back and enjoy this episode. Hi, today we have Brian in the car and he is in the lawyer industry, but we're going to obviously flow and it's, the conversation is going to go where it goes. So we'll start off talking, understanding how he deals with the law and what he does. So when you have to go to a lawyer, you feel a bit more comfortable and stuff. So Brian, how are you today? Just a couple of questions first. How did you get into the industry? What motivates you? And, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, how do you get into the industry? What mot- motivates you? And any interesting stories? Yeah. Well, I suppose um, I got into the industry in quite an embarrassing way. I went to university when I was 18, which was back in 2001. I left actually the day after September 11th happened. Okay. And I flew over from Ireland where I grew up and I went to London. And I didn't really have any greater or grander ideas than just to get out of Northern Ireland, which is was quite parochial, at least that's how I felt back then. Mm-hmm. You know, go to a city full of music and new people and all the excitement that kind of goes along with that. And in the classics were a story of a uni student, like within the first few weeks, I met a girl who uh, became my girlfriend for over three or four years. Whereas I had like no real ideas of the future, she knew exactly what she wanted to do. She wanted to be a doctor and uh, she was so focused. And really just to impress my girlfriend, I decided to embark <laughs> on a career in law. She tried to match her kind yeah, of Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, so she didn't think I was just some kind of waster. And, to, to be honest, um, the more I kind of get into it, the, the more I um, the more I liked it. Uh, I didn't grow up. I didn't grow grow up in money or anything like that. And I think, where, whereas that doesn't affect you so much when you're young and you have your friends, I realised like, living in London, I could really feel the poverty of not having money, you know. Mm. And I had to work twenty hours a week on top of um, studying, and still wasn't earning an awful lot of money. And so. So it was always a bit, it was a bit of a struggle, and I think when you first have a girlfriend as well, as a guy, and it's a bit controversial to say, but you, you do feel not having money, you know, hits you harder, yeah, um, yeah. because you know it's, it's impressionable. It's, you it's, want to yeah. make an impression, yeah. aren't you? you if you've got no it. money, yeah, <laughs> Madonna says it, isn't it? If you ain't got a JLB, yeah, Madonna yeah. can't be with and, me. And in fairness to my girlfriend, she didn't expect the lot or anything, and she certainly wasn't. Um, their time with me if she was but that's how I got into it and you know I started um, I wasn't doing a law degree but you can get into law without a law degree if you just do a conversion course is so that, I went down that sorry is that from any kind of other degree you yeah. can just do a conversion so if you're doing arts you can yeah. do a conversion okay. yeah I mean you know employers will look at different degrees differently but um, I did that I you know got got a few I got an internship eventually got a contract with a firm, um, which was a kind of exciting moment when that happened. Um, and then I've been in the job now 
since 2006. Um, I made a partner in, at my old firm in, I think it was 2016. Mm -hmm. So you've done well for yourself. Done reasonably well. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a, I work within the kind of corporate law world, so it's, you know, it's, it's not that much, you know, personal stuff. Mm -hmm. um, although I do have some pro bono um, work on the side, but uh, you know it's it's um it's been interesting. I, I started I qualified as a lawyer just when the 2008 crisis happened, and so the whole world was kind of going to shit. And certainly, you know, the banks were collapsing, mm -hmm. so that was a really interesting period. And we've kind of seen something similar to that now with this COVID crisis, mm -hmm. where a lot of my work since the lockdown began has been defending companies against banks that are um, you know, that aren't being paid um, that the provisions of the agreement can't be made because the companies have been run out of cash because they've not been able to earn um, a lot of some obviously many of many have survived and done, done fine so we've been very much defending the forts and trying to come up with skillful ways to help that negotiation and have succeeded in a number of situations and then there's also been opportunities for investor clients who because these companies are, you know, some companies run out of cash, they can't find cash from the banking world. So these investors are going to say, well, we'll give you the cash, but we need to take a significant portion. Okay. Kind of like a dragon's den. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dragon's den, yeah, loan exactly. shark kind of. Yeah. Well, they wouldn't see it as loan shark, but they would see it as <laughs> we can we can run this business better. We um, we'll we'll keep the business alive. We'll keep people employed. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's only the other side of the coin, I guess. Would um, you say the banks are being unreasonable at times with people? Um, I think the the banks themselves have generally seemed to be fairly reasonable, and I think that, you know they they for the most part they recognise that the vast majority of companies in trouble. It's not a systemic problem with the company, but it's it is a macro event which will hopefully. Um, you know, recede as an issue over the coming 12 to 24 months of looking like these things. Um, and so for, you know, there's a lot of government pressure on banks to, um, to you know, give, give companies the window and ideally the cash. And the government's obviously been providing a lot of cash to keep, to keep this business alive, mm -hmm. to keep people employed. So, um, you know, one of the deals that we worked on involved a, a big restaurant chain, I can't say which one, mm -hmm. but, um, that is now back operating because they've got this new money in, and, um, and so that you know, that's good jobs have been saved. And, mm -hmm. You know, it's rare that I get to feel like I've done yeah, something. Gonna, you know, hey, you yes, know, positive yep, with society, yeah, but that, yeah, that okay. was that was quite pleasing. That's good. That's, that's good. You know, it's funny that doing this uh, kind of podcast because as a young lawyer, I work late at night. Um, you know, I was you know doing very very long hours. And because if you were working late, you'd be able to get a taxi on the firm to take you home. Mm -hmm. And so it was often at one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning that I'd actually have my first kind of human conversation of the day that wasn't about work or whatever. And uh, I often had like very interesting conversations with, um, you know, the late night cabbies that were, were taking yeah. me home. Um, they're sometimes a bit of an interesting bunch. Uh, I don't know if you if you if you know many people that, that do the late night, but they're they're normally kind of I don't know. They're a bit more interesting, or but they're kind of maybe loners themselves. Well, um, it was always a, yeah. anybody who's happy to work through the night, yeah. either 
is married and doesn't want to be home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> or it needs all the money he can get yeah. and he probably hasn't got a home. So I, either I, way... I understand some of them, they were just... They didn't like the stress of the traffic during the day. Yeah. To be honest, I I can relate to that. On the weekends, I try to not work during when like the, the shoppers come out. Where I always say the mum runs on the weekend when the mum starts to go shopping about ten o'clock, ten till um, three. I don't like that time. It's just you're sitting in traffic, and during the week, I. There's certain areas of London where it's, it's quite busy, but small, uh, short drops, and that's late at night, even yeah. one, two in the morning. So I've kind of leaned towards doing that on, on those kind of things. But it's nice when you can just flow, and if you miss a turn, you can quickly do a U-turn. Yeah, there's yeah. no, yeah, there's no congestion whatsoever. There's no policeman looking at you or lorry the, driver. Better for mental health, right? Yeah, well, I didn't even think about that, but, <laughs> yeah, in that respect. So, on another note, how do you, well, before we just move slide over, what would you tell the younger Brian when he started out in comparison to what you know now? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I'd probably say the sands can shift and things change a lot, both in the market that we work in um, as, as well as within the firm that you'll operate and I would be less inclined to focus on the existing paradigm that we sit within and recognise that you're going to have to react to situations and the way things are set now will not be the environment that you're trying to advance your career in in a few years time so to kind of be a little bit more relaxed flow, go with the punches and mm-hmm. see where it takes you as long as you're getting good experience, learning the skills and earnestly working hard, you know, the opportunities will arise, you know, treat people well, all that stuff. It's it's a big like a lot of industries, you know, personal relationships mean a huge amount, you know, um, and cultivating those. Um, I'd probably spend a bit more time, you know, trying to meet clients when I was younger and building those relationships and you know, that would have been that would have been a you know, great thing to have helped with um, Would you encourage other people to go down the route that you went? Yeah, I still think I still think law is a really it's a really good stable career, and uh, you know while you do get redundancies and stuff, um, you know, it, it tends to hold up pretty well when uh, when you go into sessions. Um, it's also a job where you learn a lot. Um, it's quite nice. It's quite nice to do representation. You know, it might be working for companies, it might be working for individuals, but one way or the other, when you get a good result for someone who's, who is, you know, paying your fee, mm-hmm. um, that's a really nice feeling, you know, um, so I definitely think, I definitely, you know, say to younger people that it's, um, it's a really good, valid career, mm-hmm. um, and there's so many different things, you can be a rights lawyer, uh, criminal defense, um, or, you know, corporate finance, there's, there's so much to do with it. So why did you pick that specific industry that you're in? I think it was, I mean, I'm not going to lie, it was, you know, having not had a lot of money growing up, um, it, it was attractive from that perspective, but it also was interesting to work in a global organization that was going to allow you to do a variety of different things, um, maybe even some international travel, 
um, which you've got to do at the time. And um, I didn't really know much about finance or about mm-hmm. you know corporates. I, you know, I didn't really you know, grew up in small towns, so mm-hmm. for me it was all all, all kind of new. And um, yeah, I was I was fascinated by it. So uh, uh, and they paid my law school. Oh, is it? Okay, so, well, that's a lot, a lot of help as well. Oh, that's yeah. great. That's a, that's a nice student loan for you then. Yeah, I to still take some loans, but they they paid for the fees for the for the law school, so that was kind of good. So, uh, that's that's yeah. great. Actually, when I did my, I can't remember if my uni paid my student loan or my student thing. Okay. Yeah. So so how do you feel about how the government's been handling this whole COVID? the whole situation even where we are today with you can go on holiday but then you can't but you can but if you come back you have to quarantine for two weeks or quarantine how do you think how do you what's your take on that there's um i mean i have some sympathy because it's a new situation right we haven't dealt with it before that being said i mean from my perspective the, the issue that we have with politics these days is we just there's just people don't want to go into politics and I don't think there's a very strong talent base so um, you know we look at the education secretary and I don't think he should be anywhere near that job um, I don't think he's got the kind of intellectual credentials for it mm-hmm. um, you know Boris is kind of good for a soundbite he you know, tries to take the facilitary approach of those things he's probably not the worst person out there um, but he's he's filled the cabinet with people I don't think are the right people. Um, you know, UK's done okay. Um, we're, we tend to be very critical of our of our governments in this in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's I'd give them a sort of C minus. Um, okay. You know, I, I don't think it's been done brilliantly. But you know, again, it's it's a it's a new situation. It's very easy to criticise. Mm-hmm. The outside, you know. mm. It's like the Brexit thing's also kicking in what in thirteen days or twelve days, and there's no word, no talk about that. It's all kind of hush hush under the table. Yeah. Do you think we'll be better off for it? I don't think we'll be better off. Um, I don't know that we'll be terribly damaged either. You know, I think um, time will tell. I think no one really knows for sure, but I think the this sense I get with how you know at least in my job it hasn't ceased up investment in the UK mm-hmm. as far as I can tell. The thing I don't like is it's kind of gives the impression to European workers that they're not welcome, and you know we, that doesn't help our economy. Yeah, it it's also help. just not a particularly nice look. Yeah, it's not a good it's not a, it's not a good thing at all. It's not a good thing at all. So um, I'm worried that we're going to see less and less talented people come to London in particular, which is one of the best things because people mm-hmm. want to be here. You know, people want to live in London. Yeah. It's a great city. But then in saying that, if every, a lot of people are starting to work from home now, mm. then people can, depending on their job type, people could say, well, I, you, most half of your staff are working from home. So I can stay in Spain, work from home, you can pay me London wages. Yeah. And what's the problem? I mean, that may be the future now. I think, like, I moved out to Surrey four years ago, and um, I, th- I think more people are going to do that now. The, you know, certainly in the industry I work in, we've been working from home for the last, since, since March, whenever when this all happened, and worked very successfully. You know, we were able to close deals in 
record time, um, mm. you know, which I did, never expected was going to be able to happen. I didn't think, to be honest, I didn't trust my own team that they were going to yeah. be able to work hard. People enough. weren't fluffing, fluffing around, yeah. they were just doing what they just had to do on. and getting done. You know, and um, and so I think, like, life is going to change mm. for the better. I think, you know, people will be able mm. to have options. On, on that note, um, talking about law, I, I picked up a drug dealer, oh, and right. he was telling, yeah, I, I do an episode on him, I did an episode on him, and he was telling him how he got arrested that day, he had a bit of a domestic with his missus, and um, he didn't go to court because of the COVID situation, Yeah. they just brought a camera in that was linked to the judge, right. the judge was read whatever thing or a magistrate or I don't know how get. yeah and he just said okay you lose your license for 18 months mm. so it's amazing how if you're a lawyer instead of going to see people you could just be let's say on a criminal lawyer side of things you could just be doing zoom calls interviewing yeah. people but as long as it's a secure line our whole business and then, done yeah, way, then judge the judge will judge people and then all right it says it cuts out a lot of the faffering around, but you get a lot of sentences or things sorted out a lot quicker. Yeah. And even domestic-wise. Um, it's very interesting that the guy you picked up was quite open about his well, profession. He wasn't open directly, but I can spot one, and right. it's not a stereotypical thing like, oh yeah, you're dressed a certain way or you look yeah, a yeah. certain way. It's a fact that he got in the car. He said, okay, we've got four drops today four drops which right. is very unusual <laughs> and then he changed it to ten on the journey right. because he's changing like, and then every time he stopped he never got out of the car uh, more or less yeah. it's just like a bit of, a bit of when you've been in this business yeah. I haven't been in this business I didn't know they would use uh, taxis would, for them. of course they would because then it's harder to if you're a bill and you're watching them if they can get in a taxi without you seeing them yeah. you, do you see what I mean yeah, that's and he says he only takes um, bitcoin now <laughs> because he doesn't oh, want this gets, corona thing. They're getting smarter. Aren't yeah, they? of course. He said he only takes Bitcoin. He said, forget this. He's not doing that card tap thing or anything. Yeah. It's Bitcoin. Well, you know what's interesting? Um, is it Sean Bailey, the, the the conservative candidate for mayor? Um, but anyway, he's um, uh, he's so he's, he's a black politician. I only say that because he wants to. Introduce a um, uh, a mandatory drug testing at all companies in London because he is you know comes from a community that has been he's seen people he knows people that have been murdered as a result of you know dealing on the streets and yeah. thing and so he wants to you know basically attack the kind of middle class consumers yeah. it, to try and you know, yeah. deal with that which is interesting. It's the funny thing is the podcast episode I did on drugs. I said I think the episode was called Drugs. Who what, who's the real problem? Mm. I didn't uh, and I just kind of left it with a question mark because I I talk about the guy and I talk about how the conversation ended. Um, so I was with him for an hour and a half just mm. driving here and there, and he um, he got upset with somebody on the phone. Because somebody called him and used his real name, and he so he phoned this other guy and said, "Only you know my real name, so why are you telling?" Blah 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So he said, "Don't worry, I'm coming to see you." 
but I'm going upstairs first. So I thought, okay, <laughs> where are you going there? He got really irate. I thought, well, wherever you're going upstairs for, I'm not traveling with you to get to see this other guy. So I know how this thing ends up. And then I spoke about on the second part of the uh, episode is the amount of people Sunday morning, early hours Sunday morning, the middle class of Chelsea, the Twickenham, the Putney, the Knightsbridge, uh, Richmond, who are high yeah. and they get in my taxi. But they're the same people who condemn the drug violence. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, if you compare it to prostitution, you blame, you don't blame the prostitute, you yeah. blame the, the man who's listening to, yeah. yeah. Do you understand? Everybody else, the woman or the young girl or whoever is a victim. So why would you blame the dealer in this case? You, you yeah. carry the users to, to get their act together. Yeah. And they're all of us, they're all middle class. Yeah. They're predominantly all middle class. Cheap, isn't it? Even the younger ones, I've picked up some like, the equivalent of like Eton school boys, or g- g- girls, or even Eton to boys school. And they're all, they, these people are probably about 16. And they're talking about, oh yes, yeah, we do, we've done, done lines. And I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> well, there, it's a, it's a real, I think it's a real problem in that. Mm. The people that grew up with wealth, it's like, why did they have to work? What direction do they have? They've, they're given, like, you know, credit cards. And yeah. So they just go one day, just live this kind of mm. crazy they, life. But they get away, in essence, I agree with that, um, that mayor. Would you say his name is? Sean Bailey. Sean Bailey. I agree with what he's promoting. He said, yeah, test this lot. Yeah, because yeah, if you yeah. really want to stop the problem with drugs and knife crime and stuff, then these lot, these lot, that's the way to stop it. Yeah. 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 That's the way to stop it. Yeah. We'll go down this uh, the bankers. <laughs> bankers and lawyers are known oh, for that. No yeah. disrespect to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's plenty, there's plenty of that in the industry. I can tell you that. That's yeah. for sure. Um, you know, it's all this kind of like an awful lot of pressure and people having. Oh, we test Boris. That we see what come up with Boris wow. and this crowd, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be funny, George man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He said, "I sniff, but I never consume." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be like that. Mm. Okay. Well, on that note, it's been an interesting conversation. That's indeed. Uh, I hope um, any potential student who's considering law, my daughter was one of them, but now she wants to be an orthodontist, um, is very well informed on uh, the financial side of being a lawyer and things. And apart from that, uh, have a nice day. We hoped you liked that episode. Keeping in mind, we never know who we're going to interview. We post twice a day, 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. GMT. Have you ever considered the future economies to invest in? Why not listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories? Considering Africa has the fastest growing economies and population on Earth and has done for many years, it holds 30% of the world's known natural resources. We publish twice a week, Tuesday, with a guest investor and Fridays talking about investment, politics and history providing a clear understanding for any potential investor.